And traffic. My name is Tony Spears, and I am joined today by my good buddy Cole. Say hi, Cole. Hello, everybody. Nice to be here. And we are like we wanted to get this show together because we realize that there's a whole lot just going on in like one in the world, but two just in our area, like in the the greater Nashville, Tennessee area, and. I have been wanting to get something together where like we can just kind of like one, just like talk shop, but two, like actually talk about things that are going on in our space, like in our realm, as it were, and really, you know, just kind of share our opinions and maybe get other people's opinions too. the, the future goals of this show is to have a bit of a, of a, like a call in component. I'm currently working on getting a Google voice, um mailbox together so that we can have like a number for people to call into and then we could like play those on the show and i think that would be rather entertaining and informative but also give people a chance to uh you know to put their opinions out there too but besides that it's really just i got the idea because i it seems like i do my most deep thinking when i'm just sitting in traffic coming home from work and I don't know when the last time was you came down the Clarksville coal, but traffic's terrible here. Um, <laughs> it is actually probably one of the things that I dislike the most about like about this town. Like it's not, I mean, yeah, it's not like the worst traffic in the world. Like it's not, you know, it's not Nashville after a freaking Predators game bad, but it's pretty bad. Like, mm. Like there's a certain time of the day where I'm just like, oh, what is it, four o'clock? I'm not leaving my house because I don't want to get stuck in the, like the post work traffic, and just be like locked up in gridlock. And so I realized I was doing a lot of my my deepest my deepest thinking. Some of my best ideas actually for like different projects and stuff have happened behind the wheel of my car. So I just kind of figured take that energy and you know finally get behind the mic again and you know. You and I have a lot of the same, uh, like energy when it comes to like our creative endeavors and stuff. And so that's why I was like, Cole, Cole, you should come and do this show with me. And you were like, okay. And so, oh, yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm excited to do this. I don't know what I'm getting myself into, but I, I'm excited because <laughs> this is very, this is very, um, out of my comfort zone for sure. Cause all I do is talk about video games on the internet. So talking about something, uh, different is, is a, it's a nice change of pace. So I'm yeah. really excited. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I like so many of my past projects were all video game related and it's, it's nice to be able to talk about those things. And it is, you know, it's obviously topics and stuff like that, that we'll venture into. In fact, one of the things I did want to talk about today does have to do with video games, but it's like historic stuff. Like we're not Great. just going to sit here and like nerd out, but 
it, it is like you said, it is nice sometimes to kind of like get out of your comfort zone and be like, no, man, like I sort of just like want to talk about like what's going on. And especially with things as they are now, like 2024 has kind of, I would say started off kind of mellow, at, at least from my end. I don't know. I think the one thing that you and I both did together uh, over New Year's was get sick. And we weren't even in the same uh, like vicinity. Luckily, you just got the flu. I freaking caught COVID. That was not great. But I mean, I'm over it now. But you're you're sort of still in the throes of the flu, though, from my understanding. Oh yeah, yeah. Make no. Uh... Oh, I don't know what the word is. Uh... <laughs> make make <laughs> no mistakes. Make no mistake. I I have the flu like right now. Uh, so I will be holding back coughing sneezing i'm sipping coffee and eating uh halls lozenges it's disgusting we were just <laughs> talking about that but no i had covid in december so uh this the second week of december i had covid Ugh. then we did christmas and now we're backing it up with the flu that i came down with on wednesday so it's been uh yeah it's, it's been, been something yeah uh, for I, sure it's so it's so crazy to me too because like it's my first time ever having it i like all through the pandemic for basically four straight years, I I dodged the bullet. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not one of these people that's going to sit here and be like, oh, I got natural immunity and all that jazz. Like, I, I think I honestly just got really lucky. I mean, that's that's 100% what it is because eventually my luck, ran, my luck ran out. And I ended up, like, I got sick and I thought it was the flu because everybody was talking about, was it, you know, the flu. Like, apparently the flu is really bad this year. RSV is really bad this year. And then, of course, covid and so I was like, oh, I probably have the flu. But then, like, I started feeling real crappy on, like, the Thursday before New Year's. It was miserable, brother. Like, like yes, like, flu-like symptoms, but, like, my, my joints just hurt. I remember I, I bent down to get something out of my cabinet, and I, like, almost could not get back up. My knees hurt so bad. I was mm -hmm. like, this is terrible. I was like, what is going on? And so finally, like, I had a, a whole bunch of, like, you know, home test kits and stuff. And I was like, you know what? Better safe than sorry, man. And so I went, I took the test and I got the, 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 the two pink lines and I was like, God dang it. Like it, it's like being like in like some weird queue where like all of a sudden, like the universe was like, Oh, that's weird. You never got COVID. Oh, we'll take care of that. You know what I mean? And just like, oh, yeah, just you got your turn. Yeah, exactly. And then, but the thing though about it was like, I was, you know, like feeling cruddy, but was fine for the most part. Obviously the thing that everybody is the most concerned with when it comes to COVID is like making sure, you know, like make sure, making sure your, your O2 is good, making sure you don't have anything going on, you know, with the lungs and stuff like that. And then obviously fever. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm not running a fever. Like airways are fine. I don't, you know, feel shitty and everything. I just felt like ran down. And then like it went to the pass. And then a couple of days ago, my taste went away. And I was like, oh, well, this is a weird thing to have it on the back end. But that was just for a day. Mm. It, it was literally like, it was like a day and a half that it was gone. And then I had to go to Walmart to get something. And I just happened to be walking past like an aisle with a bunch of candles in it. And I was like, oh, I can smell that. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess my stuff's back. Just oh, so lucky you, man. Lucky you. It is, um, it's a weird illness and it, it affected me in the weirdest ways the first time I had it. I, I developed like, uh, like this, this need for black pepper the first time I had it. Huh, really? And it never, it never went away. 
no, I still like use way more black pepper than I should. But mm. now every time I'm sick, I need like a tablespoon of black pepper on my food. It's bizarre. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say mm-hmm. I eat a tablespoon of black pepper. I'm like, yo, buddy. <laughs> we no, need... <laughs> no, but it's like way too much, you know. But yeah, it has yeah, it has weird side effects for sure. And yeah. Um, well, weird, it, weird food things are one of them. Yeah. Well, the thing that got me, like, I'm not going to lie that the day that I lost my taste and smell, I like, I was in kind of a funk cause I couldn't taste anything. And like, I had to remind myself to eat. I was cause in my brain, I was like, what's the point? I can't taste anything. This isn't fun. But so I was just drinking water all day and, you know, making sure I was hydrated and stuff, but I was just like not wanting to eat. And then, um, like I was talking to, to my daughter and she was like, yeah, you know, it, it could be a while. One, of, She said one of her friends just recently got his, like, sense of, of smell back. And that was, like, six months ago he was sick. And I was like, no, dude, if I can't, if I can't taste anything for six months, I'm going to go on the world's worst type of diet where I'm just going to eat, like, you know, toast. Like, yeah. <laughs> ju- ju- just to sustain myself. I was like, this is... Diet. Yeah, I was like, this is terrible. And then, you know, luckily it came back because I was like, man, I don't want to like not be able to taste food. That sucks. <laughs> but I mean, aside from that, everything is fine. The The rest of the new year went pretty good. I mean, all things considered. But you had a pretty interesting new year. You went downtown, right? I did. And uh, it was my first year spending New Year's in Nashville. So I've, I've lived here for, I think, eight years, nine years, maybe. I, I can't really do the math, I think. 20 um hold on sorry didn't have time to mute that one you're good um i I think i moved here in 2015 2016 something like that so eight eight eight-ish years but no every uh every new year's and holiday big holiday we go out of town because me and my girlfriend's families are are still out of town and we're the only ones that live here but this year we decided to stay back and uh i did get to go downtown for the first time ever on new year's and it wasn't it wasn't quite downtown. We went to East, uh, the East side, which is a little bit more chill, but uh, it was super fun. And it wasn't as like hectic as I thought it would be, you know, yeah. like other holidays downtown are insane. Like 4th of July is insane. I mean, I'm sure it was like smack dab in the middle, but being on the East side was, it was fine. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you were down on like Broadway, it was probably a madhouse. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It wasn't bad. Uh, you know, we've, we were able to park and everything and nobody's car got towed and <laughs> thank yeah. God for that. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. We went to a, a little barcade um, right there in East Nashville, which is another topic. Nashville has a sick barcade scene right now. Really? Uh, you know, arcade slash bar barcade, which is great for me because I don't really drink. Right. And I don't like I don't really do anything like that. So <laughs> so when I go somewhere like that, I can blend in like it's fine. You know, yeah. but if I go like sit down at like a it uh you know like a like a little dive bar or something i just feel out of place real quick but being at a arcade like that's super sick so getting together with all the friends out there was really really nice nice yeah i've i've been to a couple barcades um the biggest one i went to was actually in washington state you you would have loved it there's this place called the uh uh called dorkies and like if you look at it from the front, it looks like this the nastiest, seediest bar. Like the st- street that it's on is like not all that that nice and everything. But then you go in and it's really nice and really well like set up and everything. And then 
it's just, it's all you can play. So mm. you go in and like you pay, like you pay a, like basically a cover charge and you can play all the games you want. And then like they have food and stuff like that. But it it's weird how liquor laws work in Washington because it they didn't like, you couldn't buy like beer in like pitchers or anything like that or like buy like a beer in a glass. You had to buy canned beer. Like you had to, a, yeah. And, and I guess it's like some weird like liquor law or something like that. I'm not sure, but like, and I don't know if it's like that in other places. I've never been to one in Nashville. I would definitely need to check that out though. Cause I know Tennessee's a little more loose when it comes to liquor laws. So I would definitely be interested to, to go to one. I'll, I'll have to get with you after the show. Yeah. To, yeah. Hit me up. I'm down. There's so many, so many good ones, but yeah, it, but I don't know, like those places are really cool though. Cause it is a place where like, yeah, you can go and have a couple beers and like get a pizza or whatever. Actually, now that I think about it, the, that place, Dorky's, they had a pizza where they cut the pepperonis to look like Pac-Man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was pretty corny, but at the same time, I kind of appreciated the fact they went, they kind of went for it, but that place was cool. Cause they had all kinds of like, when I say modern, I mean like stuff you'd find at like a Dave and Buster's like those kinds of, of games, like for kids right. like that, like that sit down, like nerf, like shoot them up game. I don't know if you've seen that one, but then they also had, you know, like an entire like retro section in the back where like, it was a bunch of like, they had like Tapper and, you know, Joust, Galaga, all kinds of stuff. And then, you know, they had like the TMNT uh, arcade game and like, you know, like lethal enforcers and crap like that in the back and then all kinds of pinball machines. So it, it was cool because like I'm sitting there drinking a beer and playing freaking Galaga while my kids are running around playing, you know, freaking like silent scope and, mm -hmm. uh, and the Adams family pinball machine. And I'm just like, this is rad. So I think, see, I, and I wasn't aware that Nashville had that kind of scene coming up. But I had heard rumors that there was some pretty nifty places popping up downtown where a lot of people were were going to, and it's cool that you found that that you went to that barcade. Uh, what uh, the one that you went to? What's it called? Uh, we went to Up Down. Yeah, Up Down on the east side. There's there's three main ones that I I consider the main ones. There's Up Down. There's No Quarter, which is smack dab downtown, and then. Hmm. Um, game terminal but i can't remember where it's at it's somewhere weird it's in like it's on like the south side of downtown or something hmm. um but yeah yeah i mean there's there's three really really good ones in close proximity but up down's the one we usually go to we've been to birthday parties there and stuff for <laughs> for our friends because luckily most of my friends are just like me you know they just want to play games hang out like chill by a fire upstairs like that kind of thing so nice it's super super fun well especially depending upon like where it's located like I've been down to five points and that has like a very like bohemian vibe to me, like that, that part of town. So like something like a barcade down in that part of Nashville would make total sense to me. But you know, if it starts getting closer to like the main drag, like you're talking like, you know, like demon brow and, uh, and like Broadway and stuff like that, where it's a little more touristy, yeah. I, I can't really picture it being around there, but I mean, there's whole parts of Nashville that I've, you know, never been to because I just, you know, like if I'm making the drive to Nashville from Clarksville, which is not that far to be fair, like it's an hour to get downtown for me from where I live. But at the same time, like if I'm making that hour drive, I usually have a destination in mind and like, I got a thing I got to do and then I'm going to pop out. So I've never really taken the time to like explore 
Nashville aside from like the main tourist traps. You know what I mean? Like I've been up up and down damn near every inch of Broadway because between, you know, between my uh, younger years in the army and just like taking family that was coming in from out of town to Nashville to like go and show them all the tourist traps and everything. I've been all over that part of the, of town. But when you're talking like, you know, like, like East Nashville and stuff like that, like I have no idea about any of those places. Like I said, the only other place I know is five points and that's because there was a killer pizza place there at the time that we wanted to go to and a uh, like dog rescue that we were working with at the time was like situated out of that area. Nice. Yeah. So up down is actually right by five points. So oh. that, I mean, that's where it's at. Yeah. It's like a yeah, block see, away from five points pizza. So oh, right rad. There by like three crow and all that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's a really nice part of like, that's a nice part of town. Like I said, it has a very like, I, I guess the, that is the only word I could really use. Like I said, it has a very bohemian vibe to me. Like, it has a very like, like I guess the the southern version of like Woodstock. Like I get, which I guess is yeah. still technically Woodstock, but you know what I mean. So like, it's so it's hipster. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of hipster. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, that, that's kind of it. it. Which 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 is funny because like that's a word that like doesn't get thrown around a whole lot anymore. You notice that like like hipster kind of died in the vernacular at some point in the past like I'd say five years like. No one, I mean, granted, I don't see people walking around with like a vintage typewriter at a Starbucks anymore. So, you know, maybe the the scene has died down a bit, but you don't even see that as like a a descriptor anymore for a lot of people, which I thought was funny. Oh, come over to East Nashville. You'll see it. (laughs) I mean, and that's cool. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't like, like I sit here and like begrudge anybody because they decide they want to wear like, you know, uh, what is it like, like natural denim and shit like that. Like. I I don't care, but yeah, it's just funny when like the environment and like the, like the culture of an area sort of like reflects that type of like aesthetic, I guess, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's hard to explain. Like it'd be like a, like the Nashville version of like going to like little Italy. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a sub neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I always think that that kind of stuff is pretty cool. And I definitely should get down there at some point. I do need to get back over into Nashville. I'm at the point now where I'm not like sick of Clarksville, but I definitely am starting to see like where the sidewalk ends, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I need to venture out a little bit more. Everybody's sick of Clarksville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, to include the Clarksvillians. That, that is all I hear. So well, I have, And uh, to piggyback off what you said earlier, uh, I have... I've been to Clarksville twice. You know, I've been here eight, eight, nine years. I've been there <laughs> two times. One time was for work, and one time I think we just went out street skating there, and I just knew some. I know people there, but mm-hmm. uh, they always come here. So there's actually a yeah. really good uh, skate park here in town. Uh, near, oh yeah, yeah, near one of the high schools near uh, Kirkwood, or no, mm-hmm. near Kenwood. Sorry, um, but yeah, it's it, it's funny because I. I used to tell people all the time is like Clarksville is nice because you can kind of do everything that you want to do in Nashville, but you don't need to make the drive. And now I'm at the point where I tell people, no, go to Nashville. It's great. Like, please, please get off of Wilma Rudolph so I can get to the store, like go somewhere else. And that's the weird thing too, man, is like, 
when I first got here in 2004, right, this place was a dot on a map. Like, not to say, like, oh, it, it blew up after I got here, but it really kind of did as I was, like, bouncing back and forth between different duty stations and stuff like that. Like, every time I would come back here, it just seemed as if this place was just, like, bursting out of its, like, out of its wrapper. You know what I mean? And now it's and now it's at the point where I'm just like, man, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh yeah, I mean, even in my short time of living in Nashville, I've seen that. You know, I moved here before the boom, yeah. before the big like California influencer boom. You yeah, know? I mean, I know you're from California, but but it's different. Yeah. Like you actually came here with a reason. Other people are just like, I want to buy a house. Like, okay, let's let's yeah. buy ten. <laughs> but actually, the the funny thing is, is that my family is a hundred percent what you're talking about because they that's what they did. Like, my so my grandmother was the last holdout to come to Tennessee, and and I told her early on, I was like, I'm not going back to California. Like, I don't have a reason to. I mean, aside from her, obviously, but the rest of my family had all moved out here, and. She got like at a, a, a to in her mind, in her eyes, a absurdly expensive water bill one month. And that was that was the catalyst. She was like, I'm done. I'm selling the, I'm selling the house. I'm gone. And so she ended up selling the house that she was living in. And she also owned the house next door. She sold both those houses, made a stupid amount of cash. Right. And then flew out here and literally like looked at a couple of places and moved into one in about, I'd say, probably two weeks. Yeah. And it was just, it was hilarious to me because I was like, you are a thousand percent that Californian that people talk about where it's like, yeah, you know, I made, you know, $2 million off selling my house in California and I came out here and I just bought a small town in Tennessee. It's really nice, you know, like it's like, oh man, come on. But, it's just, it's funny though, because now you hear about that so much. You hear so much about people being like, yeah, you know, I, I left California to go to, you know, Tennessee or to Texas or like the, the Texas discourse is a whole another thing, like where it's all these Texans that are just irritated that people are coming to Texas. And then the people that come to Texas being like, you know what, actually this place sucks. And then they leave <laughs> and then they're like, wait, why don't you want to stay in Texas? It's like, cause because you guys are kind of assholes, but you're mean. Yeah. But it, it's funny though, because everybody I know that has moved here from another state and not just California, but any other state that, um, I've met people from, they all say the same thing. They're like, yep, it's, it's a nice place. I don't know if I'm going to go back to, you know, insert random place, but you know, I'll stick around here until I decide. Like, it's a weird, like, it's like a way station for people mm -hmm. that like don't know if they want to go back home or like don't know if they want to go like up north. You know what I mean? Then it's like, no, Tennessee's pretty good. It's like, all right, cool. Well, I'm glad you guys like it. Yep. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely gotten big. And then I don't know why Clarksville is like the is like the hub. I mean, Fort Campbell is a lot of it. You know what I mean? Like with especially with people retiring from the military or getting out. A lot of them, they just stay where they are. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not exactly unique 
to Fort Campbell. People do that all over the army. Like I cannot tell you how many people I know that are, that were just like, yeah, the last duty station is going to be at Fort at Fort Liberty or formerly Fort Bragg. Like so, I'm just gonna stay in Fayetteville. It's like, why would you do that? Why would you stay? Yeah. Why would you stay in Fayetteville, North Carolina, of all places? But yeah, it's just it, it's weird that this like this turned into the boomtown. Yeah, you know I mean, it could have been Hopkinsville. It could have been it could have been so many places in in like Kentucky or in other parts of Tennessee, like Lebanon or something like that. But everyone's just like, no, man, Clarksville's cool. <laughs> it's like, yes, I agree with you, but I need I need them to stop building houses. So please stop coming here. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever works for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so aside from just the barcade and everything like that, like, did you guys just go down? Like when you say that you were like down in Nashville for mm-hmm. New Year's, like, was there like a block party or something? Or like, was it just like, you know, like some folks out in the middle of the street with a barbecue? Like how'd the whole thing go down? No. No, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't anything too crazy. So where, you know, where Uptown is located, there's so many neighboring businesses that we're all doing stuff, uh, you know, for New Year's. And we were close enough to downtown to, like, be able to see the fireworks and stuff at midnight. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, we, we just spent the night there. We didn't do any uh, bar hopping or anything like that. I mean, yeah. tons of people did. But, um, but it, it, yeah, it was nice. It wasn't, it wasn't crazy, you know, and that's... Uh, that was really nice for me, but we stayed back this time because every time we go out of town to see family or whatever on New Year's, every single time we're like, "Man, this sucks." And uh, so, so this year we were like, "Nah, we're we're gonna stay. We're gonna stay and uh, and I go see some friends and stuff." And then I got the flu, but <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's where I caught it. But I mean, uh, it probably was, it was worth it. It was worth it. I mean, those machines are sticky. Let me tell you, well, they're sticky. Oh, yeah. I wasn't washing my hands, so oh, I think that's how I ended up with this disease. That's the that was the thing about dorkies I thought was hilarious was like um, there was just bottles of hand sanitizer everywhere. Like, and this is before the really? pan- oh yeah, and this is before the pandemic. Like, they just they had bottles of hand sanitizer, like. Like, you know, when like you go to like a, a gym or something like that, and there's always like a table that's just sitting there with like a couple rolls of paper towels and like a bottle of like spray disinfectant. It was kind of like that. There'd just be like a random like coffee table sitting there and there'd be like a box of tissues and a thing of hand sanitizer. And it was, they were all just like strategically placed throughout there. So like, if you're walking between machines or whatever, you could like go to one of those like tables and like get a couple squirts of hand sanitizer and like wash your hands. And, and I just remember being like, Oh yeah, we're using the bejesus out of that stuff. And, and we did, but yeah, it's people don't remember how nasty arcades used to get. Like that's, that's the thing that people don't exactly latch onto when it comes to like nostalgia there, you know, no one ever thinks about the fact it's like, oh yeah, like buttons were sticky and it would oftentimes smell badly because you have a bunch of like, you know, prepubescent or pubescent boys in, in a small confined space all huddled around like the same machine in a lot of cases, like, like, ugh, like seven nasty smelly teenagers sitting around a Tekken 2 freaking cabinet just you know sitting there talking crap and the whole time you're like i can smell each of you individually this is terrible and and then you know just like if god forbid if the place serves food then like you know there's 
you know, spilt, spilt soda and just, oh yeah, it gets, it gets, it gets nasty, man. So I imagine that barcades aren't too far off from that paradigm, especially if like there's beer and liquor going around and stuff like that. People are going to knock drinks over and stuff. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So something I did want to talk about though, since we've already talked about new year's and everything kind of switch gears a little bit and go back to the later half of 2023. But, um, so I know that you guys weren't affected much by the tornado that touched down here in Clarksville. I know that weather got gnarly around where you guys are at in Nashville when the tornado came around, but like you guys didn't get affected by any like major weather or anything like that. Right. No, no, we didn't, we didn't get, uh, we didn't get any damage. I think they did like, uh, a county over like Kingston Springs, Dixon kind of area. Yeah. Um, I think they did, but no, we were fine. We were terrified. Uh, we had family in town when that all went down and they were just driving down for the day. And, uh, you know, we just moved into this new house and all of a sudden, like people are hitting me up like, Hey, you might want to take shelter or whatever. And I'm looking around my house. I'm like, Oh shit, where even is it? Because I haven't had to like, I haven't had to do that here yet. And I haven't had so the prep. Finally, no, yeah, I haven't, you know, in my old house, I was at for like three years. I, I knew where to go with, for bad weather. But in this one, I was like, I don't know where to go. So finally figured it out. And, um, and uh, we all tested it out. It was this tiny little shoe rack closet, and it was like four people and my dog in it. <laughs> and uh, we were we were just preparing, and you know, I got everything ready and got the flashlights. But no, nothing, nothing happened. Uh, luckily, yeah. But I know your area got 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 hit. Yeah, it's it's weird when I think about it now because like, like I, I was telling someone if that tornado had had ten minutes of life left in it my house would have been obliterated because I remember like getting everybody into the bathroom downstairs, which like, that's the, the most central place in my, in my house. So that's where everybody goes and getting them in there. And then my girlfriend, Jenna, she came like, she had gone outside to go look at something. And then she came out and she was like, you need to come look at, look at these clouds. And I went outside and I literally saw like the funnel cloud dissipate like in, mm. into the sky. And I was just like, Whoa, well, this is bad. And at that point I wasn't even aware that the tornado had touched down the other side of town. So we were getting everything together and I'm like trying to get, so the biggest flaw that I have here. And honestly, that whole incident is making me reconsider like my cell service because if I don't have Wi-Fi in my house, I I basically cannot make phone calls. And my internet is really trash out here. I have AT&T, and AT&T has terrible service where I am in town, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If I go, like, literally five minutes down the road heading into, like, Clarksville proper, I have perfect 5G signal and everything is good. But where I am at is, like, a weird dead zone. So when I lost power and I lost internet, I couldn't communicate with anybody. Like... Even with, you know, cell towers getting, you know, kind of schwacked and stuff like that, like other people were like trying to contact me and call me and stuff like that to like get updates and everything. And I couldn't respond to anybody. So that that's making me reconsider my current cell phone plan, which sucks because I've been with AT&T for a while and I like the plan that I have. But like if I can't use it when I yeah. need it, it's pretty much useless, right? 
but yeah, so like we lost power and everything and then everything went, went on, they called it off and stuff like that. And so everybody starts, you know, going out and trying to see what the damage is and nothing had hit my, had hit my area, had hit like my neighborhood. And then literally I went down the street and there's a dollar general, like probably like probably like that five minute drive I'm talking about. Right. And just annihilated like oh really oh, oh yeah God. like the the sign got freaking got knocked down like part of the building got all freaking wrecked from debris and stuff like that and then like houses on the other side of the street got all screwed up too and then you started seeing videos and stuff like that of like people like people showing the videos of the tornado going across tiny town and i'm just like oh my god man like in in another scenario, like I said, I think I had five minutes of life left in it because it crossed the damn highway. You know, mm-hmm. like it's so crazy to think about. And so looking at that and everything, I was just like, man, we got like super, super lucky. But there's still like it's been actually it's been almost a month now. And there's still a lot of like still, I mean, obviously rebuilding and stuff like that. Hell, they're still they're tearing down a lot of the stuff that got affected by it. And uh, like as far as houses and different businesses and stuff like that. But there's also like this real big uh, issue with like the debris when it comes to like people carting stuff away. Mm. And no one knows wh- what to do with anything because like the the county and the city were going around taking like dump trucks around to pick stuff up and everything. But they stopped doing that a while ago. And so there's still like piles of basically houses like in some people's like yards and stuff like that. And they don't know where to put it. They don't know where to put anything. And so like, they just like recently pushed out was as of yesterday, this is from Clarksville now, but uh, FEMA is stepping in to like put out guidelines and guidance and to like get things going for Mm -hmm. like the post tornado, like proper, like debris cleanup and stuff like that. And it's, it's crazy, man. Cause they're estimating it's something like, like close to, I think it was like 30,000 tons of debris. Oh God. Yeah. Jeez. Like just, you know, like brick drywall, you know, like siding all, just all kinds of crap. And so like, you got to figure out where all that crap goes. And so it's weird now because it, you know, it's not like it's over. I mean, the tornado is over, but the situation is still around. And it's just weird how like, it was like a weird stalling point when the holiday came around, which I get it. Like everybody needs to go and celebrate Christmas. And so, you know, kind of taking a break from that. But then I heard a lot of people like asking the question of like, well, what about after the new year? Like, what are we doing as far as this stuff is concerned? And everybody was just hearing crickets. And so now that, now that FEMA is stepping in, it seems like there's a bit of a, like a, not a power vacuum, but it seems odd to me that all of a sudden, like a federal entity came in and was just like, Hey, this is actually what we're going to do now, guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, somebody has got to do it and it's good. They finally did. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, I think all they're going to do is just give them like, kind of give them the tools and like point the direction of where they're going to go with it. But I, I think it's still going to fall on the, uh, I think it's still going to fall on the County, which is Mm -hmm. weird, but I don't know. 
we'll have to see. It, yeah, during in uh 2020, I was living in East when that tornado came through, the big East Nashville tornado. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really I don't really remember how that played out. I think it was most of mostly volunteer work of how they cleaned that up. Yeah. So, that might be the same kind of uh situation. I might I might not know what I'm talking about, but that's how I remember it at least. No, I mean that's I and I remember it was like that after the flood too. Uh when the when the flood came through, it was it was mostly people and volunteers that were helping with a lot of that cleanup, and mm-hmm. it's it's funny because like there's only there's only so many resources that the you know even the state can throw at something like that because at some point you know like there are other things going on, and so when you if you get a large enough like volunteer force to help out with it, you can get the stuff done. But it was just such terrible timing with the holidays and stuff because. Yeah, you know, people want to help out their fellow man and everything, but at the same time, it's like, look, man, like, I want to spend Christmas with my, with my kids. So, right. like, we're going to put this on hold, and then we'll come back, and after we do, we'll go and, you know, get it figured out. But that's also one of those things where once you stop it, it can be hard to restart it, and I think that's what this, like, yeah. like what this is, is, like, FEMA kind of coming in and being like, all right, guys, here's the fire lit under your ass, get back to it. You know, right? Yeah, it was just bad timing. Yeah, which I mean, it. I mean, there's never a good time for a tornado, obviously. But man, right. like right before the holidays, that's just, ah, oh, man. That's the first thing I said to you when I saw the news and stuff like that. I was like, ah, oh, man, like right before Christmas, that's terrible. Right. Also, uh, bless you. Ah, uh, thank you. I, I muted. <laughs> Hopefully that worked. No, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't hear it. You were muted. It was. I just saw the. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. it was. It was gnarly. <laughs> Very oh, flimmy in here today. <laughs> so what? What do you? So I don't know where to get good news for Nashville as far as like, like the haps. You know, like what's going on in town and stuff. And I, I think a lot of that is because when I think of Nashville, I think of like Nashville, like Nashville proper, like downtown Nashville and stuff like that. And it's, it's easy to get news and to see what is going on in that area because so much of it is like, is publicized. But one of the things that I have learned over the past couple of years, working with a couple of different like organizations and stuff is like, it's really easy for like small community news to kind of like get buried under like, you know, under the roar of like the bigger city happening and stuff like that. But it's also really easy to disseminate that news in that community to the community. Cause like people know where to look like, do you, like, do you think that's true as far as like, like where you're at in, in Nashville, like, are you pretty well, like abreast of like like events coming up and like stuff that's going on just like based on you know where people kind of get their like you know pardon the term local news um to some degree yes i i think there could be a better answer for for how people get kind of that underground more um uh, more niche news of things going on. I mean, I mean, for me, it's all word of mouth and social media. I mean, you're always seeing stuff on social media ads for cool shit happening. Um, but now I really don't know off the top of my head of like a source where you can just like 
Like, I mean, of course, you can just Google things going on in Nashville, and it's going to be like, oh, Monster Truck Jam and, and, and Morgan Wallen and, you know, yeah. all this stuff. Uh, but no, it's, I mean, shows like concerts and stuff, mm-hmm. I guess I'm more in the loop because I just kind of follow that kind of stuff. But yeah. in, in terms of it, somewhere that just talks about what's going on this week, I, I really don't know. Hmm. I was just I was just curious because like one of my cousins he goes to Austin P and mm. I asked him I was like how do you guys know like what's going on like do you guys have like a message board or something like that and he was like well there's the Austin P website he's like but honestly I hear most of my news at like like the Black Horse and I was like really and he was like yeah he's like all he's like a lot of college kids hang out there especially during the week because most of the time people aren't going to the like people that aren't going to school aren't really going to the black horse on like a Tuesday because you know, most people wait for the weekend to like go out to a restaurant or whatever. But a lot of the kids that go to Austin P they live like across the street from old town. So they'll, you know, they just pop into the freaking black horse to like get a burger and a beer or whatever. And so like, it's sort of like, have you ever heard of the term of like the third place? Uh, no. So, oh no, no, no. So, so the third place is an, is a, is a idea that derives from like, everybody has two primary places. They have their home and then they have their job. Right. And so you go in between those two pretty frequently, but like, like back in the day when like a pub, like a, a small town pub was a place where like you didn't have to go and eat and drink. You could just go and hang out there. It be- okay, it, yeah. Yeah. It becomes this like this like center for the community where people go and that that's referred to as like a third place, right? Gotcha. So it was well, it's a yeah. I bl- I believe I'm using that term correctly. If I'm not, please by all means someone <laughs> someone out there correct me. But um but yeah, so the Black Horse for a lot of those college kids kind of acts as that third place where like a lot of them just go there and hang out. Like, yeah, they'll get food or whatever. And like maybe a couple of beers, but they're mostly just hanging out. And so that's where he hears a lot of stuff of like different events and stuff like that. That's happening at least within that little college, you know, college kid bubble. I say right. col- college kid, like he's, he's graduated. He's in his freaking master's program right now. So like he's, you know, he's not a kid per se. Right, right. But honestly, anybody under the age of thirty to me is a kid. So I'm just like, all right, man. Just, like sitting sitting over here, be like, oh, I'm in my master's program. It's like you're also 26. Calm down. Like, <laughs> need you to need you to slow up. But um, but no. So and I was just curious about that because like I know that Nashville more so than like Clarksville, right? Has its like sections. Like what I don't I don't like to use the term boroughs because I think that is a very uniquely New York uh, New York thing, mm-hmm. but it has its like like regions or like parts you know what I mean, and I, I and I've always kind of pictured them as kind of like being their own little microcosms and to my understanding they are to a certain degree but not in the way that like you know like Queens is Queens and like you know, like the Bronx is the Bronx and stuff like that. So, right. Yeah. Right. No, and they, they are, um, I mean, they, they have, 
I mean, that, that yeah, that's a good way to put it. East Nashville is vastly different than West Nashville. South Nashville is different than North, you know, North Nashville. They, there definitely are little, um, I don't know, suburbs, I guess, is a, is a, is a way to put it. But, mm-hmm. And they all have names, too. That's another thing that really makes that easy. Like, you have, like, Buena Vista. You have Salem Town. You have Bellmead, Bellevue. Like, you have these places, mm-hmm. uh, Ma- you know, Madison. And they're not even, like they're not really like real, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Bellmead and Bellevue aren't really cities. They're, it's still Nashville. It's the same area code. It's the same everything, you know? Yeah. Um. So I, I get what you mean. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Carswell has that to a certain, to a very small degree, but it's like done by like the main road because of how it's funny because how terrible the traffic is in this town. It's hilarious to me that like people, put so much weight on like the primary thoroughfares, right? So like when you ask someone where they live, they'll usually tell you, oh, I live off of Tiny Town or I live off of 41A or I live off of Wilma Rudolph. It's never, I live in this part of town unless they're talking about old, like unless they're talking about old town, like like downtown Carsville. Aside from that though, like it's like the main road that, is adjacent to like where you live. That's like the primary thing that people go off of. And so I, I, I was joking with a buddy of mine. I was like, yeah, man, we're just like, you know, we're 10,000 people away from just like having legitimate boroughs because there's only, there's only so many people you can, you can cram into an area just off of tiny town. You know what I mean? At some right. point, it, at some point it has to become like its own, has to become its own entity. So mm. I, I was just curious if, if Nashville has that, which, it's funny because you bring up Bellevue and I know what you're talking about. But the funny thing is I thought Bellevue was a, a town. I thought it was like a, su- like I thought it was like a suburb outside of Nashville, the way Sango is technically a town outside of Clarksville, even though it still technically belongs to Clarksville. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, there, so it's not like you're not going to find that on an address though. You're not yeah. going to find an address to Bellevue, Tennessee. Yeah. Like it's going to be Nashville. And it, I'm pretty sure it's the same with like Bell Mead. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples. Um, yeah. I mean, those are, those are two really good ones. There are like, there are like, uh, like Bellevue town, like town parks and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But as far as like an actual address, like Dixon or Goodlettsville or Madison, it, it, it doesn't appear on an address. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, I've never seen it. So, yeah, and that's, that's interesting to me that like it, it, it's funny how it sort of like grows organically and like, you don't really realize it. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure, you know, someone did obviously at some point, that's how they got the names and that's how people identify within those parts of town or whatever. But it's always funny to me how like one day someone's like, oh, like, yeah, I'm from, you know, I'm from Belmede. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where's that? It's like, well, it's in Nashville, but it's in this part of Nashville. And so, you know, it's just, it's funny how that like naturally, like, like I said, just naturally develops and people don't even really realize it. That's a, that would be a funny thing to like research. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like major cities, like, uh, like New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, where those places that have those, like those subdivisions within them and stuff, how those all like pop up and crop up over time. 
that would be an interesting thing to like go and research and be like, hmm, like when when did it suddenly become like Glendale? Like yeah, like why is this part of Los Angeles referred to as Glendale? I need to know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So that that would be an interesting thing to find out. No, I'm curious too. <laughs> so before we talk about the last thing that I want to talk about, and when we're going to go into this, we're probably going to do a a pretty deep dive into this because I think it is very interesting. I think that you'll dig it. We are going to take a quick break. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about a monumental and historic event that happened a couple of days ago in Tetris. And I think it's going to be pretty cool. So we will be right back. You know what's cool? Podcasts. You know what's not cool? No podcast. Check out all the podcasts over here at blindknowledge.com. This podcast you're listening to right now is a featured Blind Knowledge podcast. All right, and we are back. So, real quick, before we get into the story, Cole, what are you playing right now? Like, I, like you and I are both avid gamers. You have a tendency to play games to a point of mastery and speed runitude that I, I cannot wrap my head around. So whenever you are playing something, it's always funny to me because you'll be like, yeah, I started playing this Bugs Bunny uh, NES game and it's terrible, but I'm getting really good times. And I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> well, for the record, the Bugs Bunny birthday blowout almost made my game of the year this year oh my <laughs> god but incredible game but um but no yeah i play uh i play really obscure most of the time really obscure nes games and retro games stuff from the 80s and early 90s but uh right now i found this awful game that i've been playing uh for the past few days called uh totally rad i don't know if you're familiar with it it's an no. nes game uh essentially a mega man 4 clone uh power blade clone it's uh hmm. It's bad. But, uh, <laughs> it's not all bad, but it's um, it's real weird. But I'm playing the Japanese version on top of that. Oh wow! And, uh, it, it it's it's rough, but um, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, outside of that, just playing NES games. That's that's what I do most of the time. Right on. So recently, I have been getting back into like run based games. Um, been playing a lot of like Enter the Gungeon and stuff like that. Still haven't actually beaten a run in that game, but I keep like I keep chipping away at it, right? And then I got back into playing Vampire Survivors because there's just something like for those that don't know, Vampire Survivors is a game where you're just walking your character around and you're picking up you're picking up little gems to level up to get better weapons, to kill more guys, to get more gems, to level up. It's a really insidious loop, but it probably doesn't surprise anybody that has played it to learn that the guy that made it used to design and program slot machines. Mm -hmm. It has a very, it has a very Vegas feel to it. Like when you're playing it, you're like, wow, yeah, this is, I get it. So yeah. I was playing that. And then one of my cousins is like, oh, you should try this other game. That's like that. And so I was like, what is it? And he said, it's called hollow cure. Now, aesthetically, I cannot stand this game. The whole game is based around like e-girls and like 
just the the over the top representation of like e girls and like streamer culture and stuff like that. It's it's pretty it it's cringy. I'm not gonna lie to you, but it has a very very addictive like game loop, and so I've been playing that for the past probably two days. And every time I boot it up, I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Like why why am I doing this? But then I do a run and I'll end up beating a level, and I'm like, okay, that was fun. I'll do it again. It's just, uh, it's definitely one of those games that is designed better than it is presented for sure. Okay. Gotcha. But all that to say that while you're over here smashing your brain against obscure uh, NES games, and I'm over here questioning my decisions as I spend three hours playing as a e-girl that, uh, that throws freaking dice a 13-year-old just recently did something that was considered impossible. So give you a, a quick update here, okay? On the 1st of January, on New Year's Day, this kid, uh, uh, Willis Gibson, beat Tetris, okay? An NES game that came out in 1989, all right? And he didn't just beat it, like... There's only one actual way to beat Tetris, and it is essentially to reach the uh, to reach the kill screen. You essentially play the game to such an extent that the game locks itself up and just resets itself. Okay. So, the thing is, is that in order to do that, you have to do very specific things in the game in a very specific order, and then you have to reach level 157. Okay, which is not is not easy. The furthest I have ever personally made in any version of Tetris is like level 25. And it was moving so fast, my brain wasn't going to explode. But this kid basically recorded himself like achieving the kill screen and, and being the game, right? But the thing that I didn't realize is that this had not been done before. I, I honestly thought, and, and I've learned this in talking with you about retro games and stuff like that is like, you assume something that's been around that long, something that has been played by so by by thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people, had been figured out. Mm -hmm. And then you read stories like this and you're like, oh wow, there are still like it's crazy that there are still mysteries out there when it comes to this stuff. And then you read you read the story like this, where this kid, Willis, at the age of 13, like did a like a world first. Right. And I just, and I thought that was so rad one, because if you, I'm going to put a link in the, in the show notes to the actual like article and the video, but like, you need to watch the video of the kid doing it because he, he, he like legitimately freaks out because once he realizes that he's done it, he is just like, Oh my God. Oh my, you know, like that excited, yeah. like, you're like, Oh my, what, what do I do? What, what do I do with my hands? Like, you know, that type of excitement. And it's, it's just cool to see because, like, yeah, man. I mean, this kid's obviously put a lot of work into this. And, like, it's no easy it's no easy feat. And he freaking he pulled it off. And I just thought it was really cool. So once that happened and it started hitting the rounds on the on the news and stuff like that, it's, it's pretty cool. Once you start reading about, like, what he had to do in order to, to do it and, like, how how over time he learned all the different tricks and stuff like that 
in order to like put the sequence together to reach the kill screen and stuff you're just like wow man this kid this kid's got way more dedication and friggin' heart than i ever did at 13 like i i couldn't even tell you what i accomplished in the in the year that i was 13 but it wasn't anything remo- <laughs> remotely this cool yeah it's definitely definitely an accomplishment um I mean, I, I understand that kind of dedication, but to be that young is, it's, it's pretty crazy. And, you know, something to point out for sure is, no, it hasn't been done, um, but people have known how to do it. Yeah. They've, uh, th- it's been done in tasks. So if you don't know what TAS is, it's tool-assisted speedrun. It's essentially um, you, you use a hacked version of the game emulated, and you're able to control the game frame by frame. So, which is crazy in itself, because to do a task of that would take years um, to frame by frame that people task basically every speed game. That's how you learn the tech. That's where all the tech comes from is people do it um, frame by frame. And then basically you play it back and then you can see how the game would look. And that's basically the theoretical uh, best or fastest way to do something in a game. That's how you learn everything. So... People knew it could be done like that, and it had been done by robots and stuff, but it hadn't been done by a human. Yeah. And, um, but, but, you know, I, I always thought somebody would do it eventually. Um, and it, but it doesn't surprise me that it's a 13 year old kid either, because the thing is, you know, just a few years ago, hypertapping became a thing in Tetris. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what that is. I'm not, super keen on it there's no game that i play that requires it but you're, you essentially hold the controller upside down and you use like this claw grip with your fingers and you literally tap the bottom of the controller and that's the only way to move the pieces fast enough yeah and so when that tech was discovered that kid probably only has ever played tetris like that yeah so he didn't have to relearn it or anything like that so he probably came on the scene uh, just just hyper tapping from the very beginning and got super good. Well, so I I had heard of hyper tapping and I remember seeing a video about it where a kid was was describing it the way you described it, where it's like, yeah, you're not hitting the button, you're hitting the bottom of the controller because the actuator is actually on the bottom, and so yep. you're essentially tapping the controller, like you're tapping the surface of the controller so fast that the actuator is going off anyway. And because of that, it'll it'll go faster than if you were just like mashing the button. And then apparently rolling was discovered like two years ago, which to my knowledge is kind of like hyper tapping, except it's, it's, it's just the way that you, like the specific way you hold the controller and the way you move your hand, I guess also adds to your speed. So like those two techniques together, he essentially was able to, you know, to play faster than a person should be able to play Tetris. And, and like you said, like, yeah, it makes sense that, you know, he's 13, which means this kid was born in, Oh, what? That's 2007. No, 2018. Wait, no, 2010, 10. Yeah. 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 2010. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So like he just, he probably discovered Tetris on like a whim. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's funny how that kind of stuff works. Cause like, in in the scene that you're in with speed running and stuff like that it's usually i mean i I don't want to say older but like it's people that either really like a game or discover 
a knack for a specific game and they're like, I wonder how good I could play this. And then eventually at some point they just start doing it so much. They're like, I could probably, I could probably set a record in this. And then they do. Yeah. And so this kid, I think just picked it up and, or maybe discovered the scene and wanted to try, you know, try out Tetris and see how hard it would be. And now at this point, you know, he's, he's hit the top of the mountain. He's at 13. You know what I mean? That's, that's rad, man. Like to, to think about what one, like what this is going to do for him, like just in the, in the, and the accolades that he is going to get from the gaming community. But then also he was smart. Like the one thing I like about this story is this kid was smart because he has a YouTube channel. He goes by, by blue Scooty on YouTube and he put the, he put the actual video on his YouTube channel. And so people are going to his YouTube channel and watching this thing. Like it has, it has so many freaking views now that he's, if he's smart, which I'm sure he is, he's monetized it. So like at this point now, he's probably he's probably getting a little kickback from Google. Oh yeah. On top of his yeah, on I top would, of his I run. Would, I would think so. And even if even if not, you know, what there there's all sorts of unfortunate situations where somebody blows up like that, but they are not monetized yet. And mm-hmm. then that video doesn't get monetized. So hopefully he's being able to monetize. Because you can't you can't like back pay monetization on YouTube. You no, can't God. like if only you, you can't have a one hit wonder like a million, two million views um, and not be monetized after you'll be monetized. But those first mm-hmm. whatever views you won't get paid for. But even if not, like he's going to have a Twitch following. I guarantee you he streams like there's there's no way he's not already a streamer. Yeah, um, because I mean, he's playing on real hardware. There's no way you're doing that. Not on real hardware. So he's set up to stream mm-hmm. um, for sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, good for him, man. He's. I, I haven't really kept up with the Tetris scene in a long time, but he's he's probably been been around for a while and been one of the one of the good players for sure. I I really hope that he like gets interviewed and you know it's like a yeah you know I started playing Tetris when I was eight and just really put in the time over these last five years. I'd be like, yeah. oh my god, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did see a thing where he he said he plays three to five hours a day. Which uh, I believe it. I mean, mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> you know, I get it. Yeah. But... Well, it's funny. The thing that the thing about this story that strikes me as as inspiring, but also like you know, referring back to like like yourself and and speed running and stuff like that. Just the thing that gets me every time is like, I mean, I love video games. I've been playing games my entire life, and I still cannot wrap my head around the idea of like, I'm going to play this one game to perfection. Cause for me, like games are escapism. And so it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to turn my brain off and play this game and, or like enjoy the story of this game, whatever it may be. But whenever I see someone that's like, yeah, man, gotta, gotta pop in and, and do these runs. Gotta, gotta make sure I keep the skills, the skills sharp and everything. Like it starts to border on like, uh, but you're, but no one's paying you to be that good. But there's also like a satisfaction that comes from, you know, it's like, no man, like I'm the, I am the, this kid can say I am one of the best Tetris players in the world. So friggin', so, sure. yeah, 
He needs to sure. he needs to get whatever award he gets from the Video Game History Foundation or whoever's gonna you know someone needs to give this kid a medal, but he needs to wear that to prom. Like he just like it just needs to be a big freaking Tetris block, like a big Tetra a big Tetramino, like hanging from a freaking from a ribbon. That's what that kid needs. So yeah. he like, he like mad baller at <laughs> mad baller at homecoming, for sure. And so sick. Well, I think with that that's really all the stories and stuff i wanted to talk about this week we're definitely going to start you know collecting up some more uh some more stories some more happenings and everything to bring on to the show because the funny thing is is you know you look at the world stage and like it's so there's so much going on in the world good bad and in between but not a lot of people take the time to kind of like focus down on their own like on their own bubble and i feel like with you know a a little bit of of uh a keen eye and a little bit of scrutiny you can find those cool stories and that that's what we're trying to do here we're trying to like you know not just not just sit here and talk shop and everything like that and to you know have an excuse to hang out and and pal around uh in discord but also to you know kind of put our thoughts to like what's going on in our in our community and in our area so we'll definitely have more for you next week but with that uh you got anything else for the fine people out there cole no man i think i'm good this was a lot of fun thank you for having me yeah um i can't wait to see what uh what else we're able to do here (laughs) it's gonna be good so this this next week I'm gonna get that Google Voice together. And the idea is we're gonna we're gonna get some uh, we're gonna get some some player feedback as I as it were. A, a friend of mine actually gave me that idea. He's like, "Yeah, I man, you should just get a voicemail, and then that way people can call into you." And I'll be like, "Oh man, that could either oh, be yeah. that could be either really great or just absolutely terrible." Oh, oh yeah, it can go, it can definitely go both ways. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, as <laughs> as Cole tries not to die, run we, it back. We're good. <laughs> said, we're good. I couldn't mute in time. I'm sorry. He said, "Run it back." All right. Well, with that, uh, want to thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Remember, you can find us in all the places that you get your podcast, whether it be iTunes or, well, I would say Google Play Podcast, but that doesn't exist anymore. Um, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all the places to listen to your podcast. You can also check us out over on YouTube, over at Blind Knowledge. And that is going to be all of the thoughts that we have this week. But uh, for thoughts and traffic, I am Tony Spears, and that's my buddy Cole. And we will see you next time. Peace. Bye-bye. So much, so, so very much. This is the Reverend Jackson Fetalbush Beetle.
That's Jackson Fetalbush Beetle and our rave reviews. Rave reviews for a new collective. A new vision, shall we say. They're called Blind Knowledge. BlindKnowledge.com is where you can find these folks. And let me tell you something, my brothers and my sisters and my non-identifying friends. I love this content. I love their channels. I love their presentation, if you will. So check them out. Blind Knowledge. BlindKnowledge.com. Coming to a screen near you. Oh, Lord, at 